Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the jar. My name's Chris, and uh, we are trying to give some classes on mechanics. So uh, any way we can help, we'll do that. Hey, uh, this morning, I want to begin by giving you a one-question quiz. So uh, if you didn't study, if you're not prepared, it's okay. I think you'll be able to handle this because it's multiple choice. Doesn't everyone always like multiple choice uh, quizzes better than anything else? So here is the question. According to a Gallup poll, 90% of all Americans uh, say they do this weekly. Uh, a, they uh, actually exercise. Uh, B, they drive a car. Uh, C, they have sex. Uh, D, they work at a job, or E, none of the above. So everyone on stream, we want you to type in what your answer is. Everybody here in the auditorium, turn to the person beside you and give your answer to them real quickly. Go ahead. All right, now the answer is E, none of the above. Now, some of you were hoping C, I could tell some of you men, but it's not that. It's E, none of the above. However, there is something that every single American says that they do at least once a week, weekly, and that is what we're going to talk about over the next two weeks, and that is that they pray. Now, uh, let me go ahead and ask you another question this morning as we're thinking about prayer. Uh, How many of you would say, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, but I don't pray as much as I should? Just raise your hand. I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, but I just don't pray as much as I should. Everybody on the stream do it as well. And almost every hand here in the auditorium was lifted up. Well, it's that kind of question that I want to ask this morning is why is it if we believe in the power of prayer, why don't we pray more or why don't we pray as we should? Why? Why is it that you and I know that we have a good God who loves to answer our prayers? He loves to answer the prayers of his children who he loves and yet So many of us do not pray as we should. Well, I think there are a few reasons why people do this or think this. And here's the first one. Some people just don't know how to pray. When they think about prayer, they get very overwhelmed by it. And they're like, am I saying the right words? And they kind of lack confidence. They lack a confidence to say, well, who am I praying to? What do I dress them as? What am I supposed to do? Some people uh, actually get bored with prayer. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand right now, but have you ever fallen asleep when you're trying to pray? People do that all the time. It's not a bad thing necessarily, but does it really honor God the most? And we get bored and we're kind of like, well, I feel like I'm just wasting my time because nothing seems to happen when I pray. I'm just kind of bored. And then there might be some of you, uh, if you're like me, that you kind of have ADD prayer. You get down, you get ready to start praying, you look outside and you're like, oh God, thank you so much for this creation. And all of a sudden you look and you see an animal, squirrel! And you see the squirrel come and you're thinking, oh, the squirrel, wonder what that squirrel's doing. Um, oh my gosh, they're digging now. Like what's in the 
ground that they're digging for. Oh, I bet it's a nut. Man, nuts sound really good right now. I I wish I had some peanuts because I really like peanuts. And if I had peanuts, that would be great. And it's only been 30 seconds, folks, and I can already be totally away from focusing in on prayer. It's very easy to do that sometimes. It happens to me. Have you ever been intimidated by prayer? You ever uh, been around a table and someone prays or you're in a small group and someone prays or you're in a prayer group and someone prays and they pray and they're like, and Lord, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, and they quote all these scriptures and, and pretty soon you're like, ah, I can't pray like that, but if I could, I'm sure God would answer that prayer. And so you don't pray that way because you get intimidated by it and you don't say anything. You just kind of move on. Folks, sometimes we just get way into our heads when it comes to prayer. And we make it more complicated and we make it more confusing than what it actually needs to be. So over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to be talking about is how can we recharge our prayer life? How can we ask God to do a new work in us and teach us how to pray with power, how to pray with passion as he leads us? Now, this morning, I want to just begin, though, by sharing with you kind of two mistakes that I believe that many people tend to make. And here's the first one. And this is your first fill-in for those of you on the stream and those of you here in the auditorium. And here's our first one. Our prayers are too small. Our prayers just tend to be way too small. For most of my life, my prayers were just too small. And to be honest, sometimes they still are. I mean, I would pray these kind of like nice, kind of clean, short, polite prayers. I would pray before I went to bed at night. I would pray before each meal. I would say these different prayers, but the reality is they didn't move God at all. They were very, very small. I could do almost everything I prayed for on my own. I didn't need God's help to answer the prayer. And maybe today, some of your prayer lives are that way. They're very safe. They're very neat. They're very tidy. And when it comes to you praying, though, you honestly, as you pray, you don't need God to move. You're just kind of saying, thanks, God, for listening to me. And the reality is, though, that God really wants you to pray bigger prayers because he is a big, big God. Now, the second mistake that we often make is that our prayers are just too general. They're very general in nature. For example, we may pray something like this. Maybe you have. You wake up in the morning and you're like, God, please give me a good day. And God, would you be with me? And God hears that and he's glad that, you know, you want to have a good day. But he says, I've already told you that I'll be with you. He he promised in the Bible that I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You see, those kind of prayers, he says, I've already answered them. I'm already with you. They're small prayers. And today, what God really wants us to do, and I'm challenging you to do, is to pray big prayers and to be very specific. 
that you want to pray a big prayer, not a small prayer, and rather than a general prayer, that you pray very, very specific prayers. For example, this was a prayer that Jesus prayed. He prayed these words. He said, you know, with God, how many things are possible? What's it say? How many? All. All All things. He says everything is possible. Not some things, not most things, not some of the things, but he says all things are possible. And over the next two weeks, what we're going to be talking about is how we recharge our lives so that we have power in our prayers, that we learn how to tap into the power of God. And today, I want us to look at a prayer by a guy by the name of Paul who wrote close to half of the New Testament, and he actually started 20 churches. And every time that he would start a church, he would lift up a prayer. And he kind of had a formula that he would use with this prayer, and it's one that I've been using over the past decade as I pray for things. It kind of would sound like this. Paul would just say these words, I pray, and then he would pray for whatever it is that he was praying for. And then he would get to the middle, to the last third of his prayer after he'd say, I pray, and then whatever it was. And then he would use these two powerful words, this phrase, so that. In fact, folks, that may be the most important part of any prayer is that you would pray so that prayers. If you look throughout scripture, what you will see over and over again is that people will say, I pray, they pray for whatever, and then they would say, so that. Now, when Paul would pray these so that prayers, he did not say, I pray, and then he shares what he's going to pray for so that I could become famous, so that I could become successful, so that I could become very, very wealthy with tons of money. No, 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 no. When Paul prayed, what he would pray is he would pray so that God's name would be made great, so that God would receive the glory, so that the lives of people around me would be changed. Now, the prayer I want to look at this morning is found in Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, Paul started this church in Ephesus, which is in present-day Turkey. And he writes this letter around 60 AD, about 60 years after Jesus had resurrected from the dead. And Paul kind of writes these powerful words as he's praying for this church that he started. And he begins it by praying these words. He said this, For this reason... I, what's the next word? Kneel. Folks, that's a great position of prayer. Maybe this week, some of you would take two or three minutes where you would just kneel, if your knees are able to allow you to do that, uh, that you would just get on your knees and you would pray. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, I was so challenged by uh, this kind of experience of kneeling that I decided that I would put up a sign that is on our garage door that leads into our house where I simply put up, kneel and pray. And uh, what I'll do is I'll go to that uh, particular door and I kneel in that moment 
And I pray before I walk into the house, God, help me to be the best man, the best father, the best husband I can be. And then I walk in and I try to be the best for my family. For some of you, maybe what you would try this week, or for those of you that are on the stream, what you could try this week is you could actually kneel at some point during the day and pray. And as you do that, I think you experience God's power. Well, Paul kneels, and then in verse 16, he goes on to say, I pray that out of God's, and what's the next two words? Yeah, glorious riches. Here, what Paul is saying is that when you pray, what you need to understand is you're not just throwing something up and just hoping that it catches. You're praying to the God of the universe who created everything, and you need to recognize that he has every spiritual blessing to place into your life. From the heavenly realms, he says all of these things are available to each one of you. You see, he's a generous God. He's a rich God. That's what we talked about in our last series. He is wealthy. He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he owns everything that you have. And he says, I can grant your request. God says, simply come to me in prayer. Paul goes on to say, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? What's the next word? Power. Some of you said power. No, no, no. When you pray, that's what you want to pray. You want to pray. And God, give me some power. He says power that you may be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. Now, that Greek word for the word power is the word uh, dunamis. And it's where we get our word dynamite. And if you think about dynamite, dynamite is about an explosion. It's about this kind of power that comes. And in the same way, it says when you pray, that when you come to God, there is this power, this explosive, miraculous power that God can move in. It's not like human power. It's God power. It's the power of God. It's a supernatural power that comes from heaven when you pray to him. And it's available to every single person who is in this auditorium and every single person on the stream. The problem is, is that many of us are not tapping into this power. It's available to you, but we're just not tapping into it. A couple of uh, months ago, my wife Jennifer called me and uh, she shared the sentence that almost every single one of you hates to hear. This was what she uh, shared with me. The car won't start. Don't you hate that? I can't think of anything more in the English language that we hate than that sentence, the car won't start. So I said, well, where are you? And she told me where she was at. And so I drove to where she was at. And when I got there, uh, I went ahead, I put up both of the hoods. And then I went to my car and I got my uh, wonderful jumper cables. And when I got my jumper cables out, I went ahead and hooked, you know, the one group to the battery, which was my battery that had power. And I put the other on 
her vehicle that did not have power. And I did this, and unlike Josie, who did not know how to use jumper cables, I do. And so I did that, and all of a sudden, the car started, and it was like a miracle. And Jen was smiling. She was giving me a hug. She's like, you're my man. And I thought to myself, you know, if this pastor gig doesn't work, I'll become a mechanic. Like, I could do this kind of thing, you know? Now, this is what I want you to understand, is that spiritually, sometimes our spirits become dead just like a battery can become dead. And we lose power. We get stuck in a rut. And pretty soon, there's a sense that our spirits are not allowing us to move forward. And the reason is, is we're not tapping into a power greater than our own. You see, folks, the jumper cable represents prayer. And there is a power that you can plug into any time, which is in the heavenly realms. And he will give you anything you need if you'll tap into it through prayer and you're willing to allow him to give you the power that you need for your soul. The question is, are you using your jumper cables? Or do you tend to go through your life and only pray when it's really, really bad? Are you tapping into it each and every day? Are you tapping into his power or do you have a tendency to try to solve everything on your own? Today, I want you to know there is so much power available to you from the heavenly realms through his Holy Spirit that he gives glorious riches to each one of you. And if you call on him, he says, it is available to you. Paul goes on to say, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, why is it that Paul prayed this? The reason is, and this is our key word again, our key phrase, so that, so that, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then in verse 17, he continues, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have what? What's it say? Power. There's that word again. He says that you may have power for things that are beyond what you think. God could answer. You see, God doesn't just help you when you're in your weakness. He says, you can have power anytime. Don't just wait to pray for me when things are difficult and bad. Pray each day so that you receive power all the time. Power together with all of the saints, all of God's holy people to what? To grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. Now, here's the question. Why is it that we need power to understand how much God loves us? I mean, why do we need power to understand how much God loves you? How much God loves me? Well, it might sound kind of crazy, but I think it's true. And it's this, that you cannot naturally understand God's love, it must be supernaturally revealed to you. 
You cannot understand just on your own, naturally, God's love. It must be supernaturally revealed to you. I mean, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. And the reality is, though, we don't always believe that because we have a finite mind. And we do not have the capacity to fully understand how great his love is, how wide, how deep, how long his love is. I mean, our finite minds, folks, only experience a little bit of understanding the fullness of his love. And that's why I tell parents all the time, if you're a parent of a child, I encourage them all the time, pray this prayer for your kids that God would give them the power to understand how much he loves them. That that should be your prayer. That God, would you help Jamie? God, would you help John to really understand the power of the love that God has for them? Because this is true. That When your children understand how much they're incredibly loved by God and they only need his approval, they won't seek the approval of someone else. They won't get sucked into temptations of trying to please their friends or going into the crowd and trying to follow it. They'll actually stand strong and they'll know they're loved by God and they seek his approval and his only. Same thing for your spouse. If you're like, my spouse is driving me crazy or my spouse is just not very kind or my spouse isn't this or my spouse isn't that, one of the best things that you could do is that you could pray for your spouse uh, that they would understand the power of God's love for them. That they would have the power to understand how much God is incredibly in love with them. And then they will be drawn intimately into him and you'll see character change because now God transformed them through the power of his love. You know, anytime I stand up on this stage and I try to explain the power of God's love, I fail miserably. In fact, every single pastor in all of the world Whoever tries to explain the love of God, they do a miserable job of it. Because there is no way in our finite minds can we express the capacity of his love. You see, his love for you, folks, is not based upon what you do. It's based upon who he is. In fact, scripture actually tells us in 1 John 4, 16, it says, God is love. That's his essence. That's his nature. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you as is. It's his nature to love you. He does not love me because of what I do. He loves me because that is his nature. Folks, when that overtakes us, then suddenly it's not just about Christianity and showing up on Sunday and singing a few songs. But all of a sudden, it's the essence of who I'm called to be. I'm a Christ follower. Christ dwells within me. 
I have power to tap into. He has the power to allow me to move in people's lives so that Christ can be shared in my inner being as I share it with others. And suddenly what happens, folks, is you're not living for those lower things, just trying to get by in life or just try to make it. But I'm actually drawn to the higher things of God because of his great love. Have you ever had this experience before where you uh, meet somebody and you're like blown away by them? You're blown away by their faith. You recognize that there's something about them that's so unique. And so you ask the question, you're like, how can you be so calm? How can you be so peaceful when maybe they're going through some big medical issue? Or maybe they're going through some huge relationship kind of issue in their family. And you're like, how do you do this? And the reason they can do this is that they've learned that over time, they come to God in prayer constantly and their jumper cable is constantly connected with a power source that's greater than themselves so that when the circumstances of life are difficult they're tapping into something that is bigger and greater and it fills their spirit and they have a tendency to walk through life with peace and joy because they're living in the presence of God and in the sense of being connected through the power of prayer. You know, this weekend, uh, I spent each on the hour, I set my clock, and what I did was I was praying for each one of you that today you might actually tap into the power of God in a deep, significant way like you haven't before in a long while. For those of you that are on the stream, that regardless of where you're at, that you would tap into a power that's greater than your own. That it wouldn't be just about coming here today and having kind of a feel-good story, but you would actually say, I'm ready to hear your voice, God. I want to tap into your power that is greater than my own. And to do that, You would be able to begin to start believing that God then can do the impossible and not just what you can do on your own. Charles Finney, a famous Christian evangelist in the 1800s, who uh, was this huge follower of Christ, one day he said that he was praying and he had this deeper encounter with God. And he described it this way. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. And I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come. And here's the part that I want you to notice. He said, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. Waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I love that image, that it came like waves and waves of liquid love. And maybe you're sitting here today, and the reality is when you think of what's going in your life, going on in your life right now, you're overwhelmed. You're, you're consumed by something. 
and you become depressed by it and you become lonely within your spirit. And there's a sense of insecurity that you're experiencing right now. And God says, I want to fill you with a liquid love that there would be more and more of his love that would flow from heaven into your life as you tap into that power, that he would melt away any depression, any anxiety, any fears, any insecurity, and you would understand the power of how much God is incredibly in love with you. You know, for the past six months, We've had a group of people that have been working together on trying to focus in on prayer and listening. The purpose of the team is to bring about a healing within the church and through the community through prayer, through tapping into the source that's greater than their own. And maybe you're sitting there today or maybe you're on this stream and the reality is you're like, you know what? I want to be a part of a prayer movement like that. I want to pray big prayers. I want to see God move. I want to do that. I want to be a part of this team. I want to pray for bigger things to come in my life and in the life of this church. And if that's you, I invite you to simply take your connect card and there's a blue box in the upper right hand corner that you would just check that and say, that's me. Or maybe if you're on your device, you can just check the blue box that's there. And somebody will get with you this week and they'll encourage you and they'll say, hey, this is what we're praying for. We want you to pray for bigger things so that you tap into something that's greater than your own. Now, next week, because we're believing so much in the power of prayer, we're actually going to share with you uh, a prayer and fasting campaign that we're going to do just leading up to Easter called the Hope Campaign. And what we're going to be doing is asking people to consider uh, praying and, and fasting. You'll learn about this more next week for the 20 days leading up to Easter. And we're praying that God is going to move in a great way on Easter, that we invite people that his spirit moves and that lives are changed. And if you want to be a part of that campaign, again, if you'll just check the blue box, we'll get you connected in a real way of having you be a part of that. And we're having staff and individuals that each day will give a video of what prayer is meant in their life and they'll share it with you. And you'll get this each week to encourage you in your week. Folks, when you realize how much you are incredibly loved by God, his spirit that is dwelling within you, then all of a sudden you're not praying small kind of general prayers, but you pray big prayers and you pray very specifically. No longer do you just kind of pray, God, please keep me safe today. God, help me have a good day. God, bless my food. God, be with me. But you actually start praying prayers like this. Oh God, raise my children to be spiritual leaders. I pray that they would be so bold in their faith so that your name would be made great and every kid they come into contact with at school, their lives would experience the love of God. Instead of just praying, oh God, my spouse is a jerk. And let's face it, sometimes they are. That 
instead of just praying that, no, no, no. You pray, God, I pray for my spouse right now that they would be a person after your own heart, that their life would be changed so that your name would be made great and our family would be able to impact those around us. Instead of just praying, I hope that you heal my friend, God, but just in case you don't, I guess it's okay. You actually start praying, oh God, I pray for your healing upon my friend in Jesus' name because I know you're a healing God. I know that you can do all things, that you can heal their body. You can provide healing power to them. And folks, I really believe that if we'll start praying bigger prayers and more specific, then we'll truly begin to believe God's words that all things are possible through him. Well, Paul kind of wraps up his prayer by saying this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God And then he goes on like a grand finale in verse 20. He says, now to him, to Christ, who is able to do, what's the next word? Immeasurably. Some of you are like, I didn't know how to pronounce that. Uh, No, no, immeasurably. That means you can't measure it. That He says when you pray, he's going to be able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. The greatest idea that you can imagine, the greatest dream that you can dream, the greatest thought that you could ever have in your mind, our God can actually do more. He can do more than anything that you could imagine. According to his what? What's the next word? Power. According to his power. When we're plugged into him, he's able to do anything. According to his power, that is at work where? Where's his power work at? Within us. His power is working within us. Folks, what I need you to understand today is this, that you are not on your own, that there is a God who longs for you to tap into his power. And his power is made perfect in any of your weaknesses. And so Paul concludes all of this by saying, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You see, folks, this is a big faith-filled prayer that Paul gives to us. He says, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Pray specifically, pray passionately. And someone who prays this kind of prayer has the power of God actually dwelling within them. So here's my challenge to you. That over the next seven days, just the next seven days, between now and next Sunday, that you would pray this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21 each day. You can do that. Every single one of you on the stream, you can do that. That you would just pull this out and you would pray this prayer. And as you do that, 
I want you to pray it for yourself. Pray it for other people. Pray it for the needs and the thoughts you have in your life. And today, right now, this is what I want to ask you. Is there something in your life that you need to pray for that's big, that's really, really big, and you can't answer it on your own? It's not like, thank you for the food, or help me have a good day, or let me be kind today. What's that big prayer that you can't do on your own that you want to believe God for? Folks, I have a feeling that many of you have something big that you want to pray for, but what has happened is you have kind of given into doubt. You've given into fear. You've almost given up on praying about this big thing. But no matter what it is, what will happen is the evil one will want to chain you to something that says it's never going to be answered. Why are you even praying this? Why would you even think this? And maybe for some of you, it's a child who's been estranged to come back. Maybe it's a relationship to be mended again. Maybe it's a financial struggle that you're dealing with. Something that is so big, you can't do it on your own. You need God and his power to tap into it for you to be able to hear that. I want you to know, though, that if you pray something big, the evil one will try to chain you to something that is fearful, something that says it's not enough. But there is a name that has power. There is a name that can break every chain that would keep you from praying a big prayer today. And what we're going to do is We're going to sing that prayer today that God is able to break the chains so that we can pray the biggest prayers that we feel within our heart and soul, but maybe that we have just kind of left to the side. So I'm going to invite you to stand right now as the band leads us to help to break the chains as we tap into the power of God.
Now, the reality is maybe today some of you have felt the power of God. That, wow, he really does want to move in something bigger than where I'm at right now. But there's a reservation that you have in which you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not good enough. Or I don't know enough. Or there's no way if knowing what I've done in my past that God would have anything to do with me. The reality is, folks, that his power is based upon his love, and he loves you no matter what. And so the reality is, whatever the chain is that keeps you from praying bigger prayers, he wants to break it today so that you can tap into his power. And today, if you're like, I need the power of Christ in my life. I need his love. I need his presence. I need his forgiveness. I need his life in me. Then I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community. And if you feel comfortable doing so, those of you on the stream as well, I invite you to simply go ahead and to repeat this prayer after me. So if you'd close your eyes, bow your head, simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I give you my life. I need your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit that I would know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. I need your power in my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray.